This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. In the next minute, you're going to hear about something many car dealers shy away from. Service. Auto House on Dallas North Parkway, your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer, knows service is important to you. And it's the best form of owner protection plan we know of. Jerry Watts, our service manager, tests every man who wants to work on Mercedes-Benz automobiles at Auto House. He's tough about it because our customers expect the best. Some men don't make it because he won't hire anyone but experienced professionals. Auto House won't take a chance on hiring anyone else to work on your Mercedes-Benz. Even the men who do qualify have to go to school before they can be Mercedes-Benz service technicians. And no matter how experienced they are, every one of our technicians must keep going back to school at regular intervals. That way, they know the latest techniques, equipment, and information. The man who services your Mercedes-Benz at Auto House is a service specialist. Because at Auto House, good service is the best form of owner protection we know of. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Marshall. Welcome to another hour with the great forces of the unknown. Those majestic forces that move around, above, and beneath us, pushing and pulling at our lives, our bodies, our brains. Forces no less powerful because we know them not. And here's a thought. How much of their power actually derives from their mystery? Were we to fathom them, explode their secrets, would they then become as comprehensible as, uh, say, the centrifugal force in the spin dryer at the laundromat? Well, the day is far off when we can be that knowledgeable. So, in the meantime, listen. How will you do it? A gun? Do you have a gun? No. Well, then that's no good. A knife? Could you get near him? Near enough to use a knife? Do you have the strength? No. Well, so that's no good. But he has to die. So that I can live. He will die. He will die tomorrow morning. How do you know? He will die of the mass of our mystery drama, The Secret Doctrine, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Mercedes McCambridge. It is sponsored in part by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg's Special K cereal and new sugar-free diet 7-Up. I'll be back shortly with Act One. 
I want that sinus medicine. Headache tablets? No, sinus medicine. Sinus tablets. Helps the headache and the pressure. Oh, you mean sign-off. Exactly. Headache pain is one thing. A sinus headache is something else. Sometimes your whole face can seem to throb with pain. You want relief. Take sign-off tablets. S-I-N-E-O-F-F. The sinus medicine that gives you a full dose of pure aspirin plus a sinus drainer. Sign-off. The sinus medicine that helps relieve sinus pain while you drain. And sign-off doesn't stop there. Have you tried sign-off sinus spray? The fastest known form of sinus congestion relief. It works in seconds. That's sign-off sinus spray. When sinus flares up, use sign-off tablets and spray only as directed. S-I-N-E-O-F-F. Sign-off. Exactly. Sign-off. The sinus medicines in the bright red box. If you're handy, or even if you're not, you know that a good part of getting the job done right is having the proper tools. Hi, Frank Lieber here for True Value Hardware Store. They'd be the first to agree with that. So to help you acquire the tools you need, they keep their prices low. For instance, get an 8-inch adjustable crescent wrench for just $3.99. Men who know, professional mechanics and tradesmen, ask for the crescent brand by name. Just $3.99 at True Value Hardware Stores. A tape measure? The Lufkin Measurelock tape measure locks open, glides back at the touch of a button. The 12-foot size is just $3.49. Or how about a Weller soldering iron kit? It's a handy tool for a variety of hobbies and chores. The complete kit has an iron, three-tip soldering wire, and is just $3.49. Weller soldering iron kits, Lufkin tape measures, and crescent wrenches, they may be just what you need to get the job done right. And they're sensibly priced at the True Value Hardware Store nearest your home. Careful, they say, what you ask for, lest it be given to you. Who of us knows what to ask for? Who can see far enough into the future to know what gift will delight and which destroy? Better simply to accept whatever comes, with gratitude, whenever possible. Listen with me now to the somber story called The Secret Doctrine. You can begin now, Louise. Now, Father Giles, the others have gone. You said your confession would take some time, so let's begin. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Go on, Louise, and uh, speak up. Don't mumble. In thought, word, and deed. Oh, Father, I can't find the words to tell you. Remember, I sit in the confessional box not only as your priest, but as God's own surrogate. Father, you know Peter Sorrell. Sorrell? Yes. The American movie star. Oh, I, uh, I don't know any American movie stars. Huh? Oh, oh, you, you mean the actor who came here to make a film about the saint? It's... Vincent de Paul? Uh, yes, yes, yes. It, it caused quite a stir in the village. And then uh, something happened. Uh, what was it? Father, Peter Sorrell died. Oh, did he die? I, I hadn't heard. This morning. Oh, God, take his soul. What, uh, what was his illness? 
He was not ill, Father. He simply died. He slipped away. But he was not an old man. What did the doctor say? Just what I told you. That he was not ill. That he simply grew weaker and weaker until death took him. I know what he died of, Father Giles. You know? He died of the mass of Saint-Cessaire. Do you know what you're saying? The mass of Saint-Cessaire has not been said in Gascony for hundreds of years. Most priests have never heard it. Oh, no, no, no. Good priest would even say it. I... I think... You would best tell me all about it, Louise. Yes, Father. I was in love with Peter Sorrell. In love? You never knew him. He only came here a month ago. I've seen all his films. Each one many times. When one of them came to Dax, I'd walk the 20 miles to see it. And if it was there for two days, I'd roam the streets all night to see it again and again. As many times as it was shown. You call this being in love? How old are you, Louise? I'm 38, Father. Have you ever loved a boy, a, a man? No, Father. I've been in love with Peter Sorrell since I was 18. I've written to him in Hollywood every week for 20 years. And once he answered me. And he sent me his picture. And when I heard that he was coming here, I saw the hand of God. Uh, take care you don't blaspheme, Louise. That is how it seemed to me, Father Gerald. Go on. The company he worked for had rented the big house on the hill for him. And the first day he was here, I took him some of my onion soup. Well, well, well. What have we here? I brought you some onion soup, Mr. Sorrell. If you'd care to accept it. I'd care like crazy. I've seen all your films, Mr. Sorrell. I love them all. You've got a big heart. And the next day I took him a bottle of wine. It's called sand wine, Mr. Sorrell. A local product. Like you. You're a local product. It's very good. Really, it is. So are you. What's your name? And the next day, I took him a bottle of brandy. It's Armagnac, Mr. Sorel. It's the best brandy in France. I'll just bet it is. There's a dish I know how to make with this brandy. Roast capon. And you're going to make it for me, aren't you, Louise? That... Is your name, isn't it? Louise? The next day I went to his house. But this time he wasn't alone. There was a man with him. A young American gentleman. I shouldn't have let you talk me into this picture game. Me talk you into it? Who cares about saints anymore? Well, there's got to be a reaction from all that demon stuff eventually. Pardon me, Mr. Sorrell. The capon is... Louise! Louise, uh, meet my agent, Gabe Hauser. How are you, Louise? Mr. Hauser, I'll keep the capon warm until you're ready. Please. It's when you're ready, call me. 
Who is that? A fan. One of my millions of fans. What's for dinner tonight, Louise? Gascony pork and cabbage in a special sauce. <laughs> Why can't we eat like that on the set, huh, Peter? Because Louise isn't on the set. Oh, if only I could be. Hey, hey, we could fix her up with a walk-on or something, couldn't we? You could. Hey, she could be one of the Sisters of Charity. Why not? Louise, the star has spoken. So then, Father, I could be with him during the day, and not just in the evenings. I was in heaven. Mm, you have strange concepts of theological matters, Louise. But uh, go on. Well, the atmosphere of that place, all the fuss and the laughter and the excitement, it all went to my head. And I forgot that I only wanted to serve him. I wanted to love him, to belong to him. And to have him belong to me. You poor woman. I watched him every moment. My eyes were fastened on his face. My ears strained to catch every word that fell from his lips. There is nothing so grand as a good priest. It hurts me to see God's work in unloving hands. Cut! That's a print. Okay, let's break. I didn't think anyone noticed how I stared at him, followed him about... Waited for him after the day's work. But one day as I watched him... And the city hospital. Two to a bed. Some lying on the floor. You're crying, Louise. He's doing the scene with the cardinal. Oh, it's not a sad scene. It's not even a good scene. Oh, it's a very good scene. It's a wonderful scene. Everything he does is wonderful. It was Noemi, Father. You know her? The woman who came here from the Basque country last year. She got herself a job, an extra like me. And so I saw a lot of her after that. My father. I degraded my father. I scourged my father. Why, you want him for your very own? Not the way you mean, Noemi. Oh, yes. Precisely the way I mean. What other way is there? Oh, my Savior. I need to confess. Cut. Bring it. Right for lunch. Noemi was always there, Father. I couldn't send her away. She belonged there as much as I did, after all. Why in the world should I lie down when those poor people are calling for me? Why, you want him, Louise. It shows on your face. It's hopeless. Tell me, can you get your hands on some locks of his hair, cuttings from his fingernails, his toenails? Why? Why should I? Why, they will give you power over him. Oh, I can't believe that. Oh, believe. Believe it's true. His hair, his fingernails, his toenails. If you want him, get them and bring them to me. Need me? Cut. Break that. Intentions on the set, please. I didn't believe her father, not really. But my desire had become so great, I thought I should go mad. I had no trouble finding bits of his hair. I picked up all I needed from the floor of the makeup room. 
But the cuttings from his fingernails and his toenails, that was more difficult. Then one evening at his house... DePaul was the first social worker in history. You know that, Gabe? I mean, he organized social services. Would you like some more armagnac, Mr. Sorrell? Oh, you still here, Louise? You can go home whenever you feel like it. You don't have to stick around. I've been listening and watching. A great dinner, Louise. I noticed you bite your nails, Mr. Sorrell, when you talk. Oh, yeah. A childhood habit. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's what my mother always said. If you'd let me cut your nails properly. My mother always said that, too. I have a scissors right here with me. <laughs> my mother also always had the scissors right there with her. So while they talked, I cut his fingernails. And I saved them all, even the little bits of cuticle in my kerchief. And when I had finished... Louise, you're a saint. Oh, if I'm a saint, Mr. Sorrell, I should wash your feet. Wash my feet? I say now... Take I'll it off, you get... dirty, walking around the set in those old sandals. And all the saints, even the Pope, he washes the feet of a sinner once a year to show humility. <laughs> I'm your sinner, is that it? Uh, let her, Peter, if she wants to. Do well, you really want to? And to cut your toenails. Well, what can I say? It's the best offer I've had since I came to France. <laughs> And so I did, Father. And when I left that night, I had all the cuttings in my kerchief. And I took them to Noemi, who waited for me in the woods. Take this, Louise. What is that? It's a little bag made from the skin of a toad, which my own daughter impaled at midnight in the graveyard of the old abbey. Oh, we put all your precious cuttings into it. Now, pull the drawstrings tight... Sit and hang it around your neck, under your dress. Yes, yes, yes. Just like that. How do you know that it will work? I know. It seems so wrong. It's going against God, isn't it? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Eliphaz Levi and the secret doctrine? No. Well, Eliphaz Levi was his pen name. He wrote many books on the subject of magic. Magic exists always has existed all over the world. But I'm afraid of it, Noemi. Oh, give in to your fear and you'll lose the thing you most desire. Conquer your fear and the secret doctrine will bring you Peter Sorrell. How do I know? Magic is everywhere. Unseen, unheard. But it is working all the time. You need only the spiritual energy to make it work for you. But do I have energy like that? I don't think I do. Oh, never mind. I do. Now, kneel down. No, no, no. Do not bow your head. Raise your face to the sky. Send up a prayer from your loins to Aether, God of chaos and the dark. <laughs> The secret doctrine has been kept from me, I must say. All my life, I have struggled from problem to problem, quandary to quandary, with only my limited intelligence to assist me. And all the time, was there a secret doctrine that might have solved things magically? 
If so, I'm a little late finding it out. We'll be back shortly for Act Two. Look, let's put an end to all this gloomy-sounding stuff you've been getting so much of lately. Income tax is behind us, spring is here, Aaron's hit number 715, and there's even reason for hope with the gasoline thing. It's in this new spirit that I'd like to talk to you about buying a new car. It's a small car, one you can judge sanely, and not just in terms of how many miles per gallon it gives you. The car is a Buick, a Buick Apollo. Like any self-respecting small car, it is economical. It's got a six-cylinder engine and a 21-gallon gas tank, which combine to give Apollo good gas economy and great range. But Apollo can also seat six passengers, and it has the kind of smoothness, quietness, and interior comforts that you'd expect of a Buick. Okay, you're looking for a car, and you think it should be small. Well, Buick has the car, Apollo. But don't buy it because it's small. Buy it because it's a Buick. appeared. Talk about rubbing a lamp. Talk about wearing a bag of discarded nails and hair about your neck. Well, we shall see if they can match my infant cry. Some sort of magic was working, Father Giles, because when I got to my feet after that strange prayer to the god of chaos, there in the woods with the toadskin bag still hanging around my neck, I felt that I was a beautiful woman. Can you imagine that, Father? Yes. The next day was my last, so far as the film was concerned. I hated to step out of the Sister of Charity habit and get back into my own clothes. But my spirits rose to the sky when Peter stopped me and said... This was your last day, wasn't it, Louise? Yes, my last day. Well, it won't be the same around here without you. We'll miss you. Will you... I mean, will you miss me? I'll miss you the most. But I'll see you at the house, won't I? I you're not going to desert me now, are you? Never, never. I'd never do that. Why, you better not, Louise. I met Noemi late that night in the woods. And I told her what Peter had said. And what I had said. You see? The magic is beginning to take hold. 
I couldn't go to the set the next day. What reason would I have? So I spent the day in his house cooking a shoulder of lamb for him in the Gascon style. You know how long that takes, Father. Louise! In the kitchen. That smells so good. It's something special I'm cooking for you. <laughs> Louise, Louise, what have I done to deserve you? You're the greatest thing that's happened to me since... Well, <laughs> you're the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> told Noemi that night that time was growing short, that in two days Peter surely would be leaving France. And I told her I must go with him. Now, listen, Louise, this is what you must do. When he comes home, you must be waiting for him on his bed, all naked and perfumed. And he will love you. I had loved him, Father, for so many years. And now every dream, every desire would come true. I was lying on his bed, as Louimi had told me I should be, with my hair all freshly washed and perfumed as my body was. And I heard the front door close. And I heard his feet on the stairs. Louise? I couldn't answer. I waited for the bedroom door to open. And it did. Who's... What are... Louise? Is that you? What in the name of... I've... I've... Been waiting for you. Are you crazy? Peter, listen to me. I want you to love me. You do love me. I've seen the love growing in your eyes. I've heard it in your voice. Take me now and tell me that you love me and that we will go to America together, to your home where I will love you and look after you. Louise, now listen to me. See, look, over there I brought all my clothes. I feel that I'm reaching the end of a long, long journey. I've loved you so long. Louise! Let me talk to you. Oh, yes. Talk to me. Louise, if, if, if I, I've made you think that, that I'm anything more than just very fond of you, I'm sorry. Louise, I'm very, very sorry. If I've, if, 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 if I've made you think I love you, well, I'm, I'm sorry. What more can I say? But you do love me. You've loved me for three whole days. Three days. And I've loved you for years and years. But you've only loved me for three days, so of course it seems new to you. I understand. Now, now Louise, what three days are you talking about? The last three days, of course. Ever since I started wearing this. What's that? It's a bag made from the skin of a toad. A toad impaled at midnight. In the graveyard of the Abbey. What's in that bag, Louise? Why, part of you. Bits of your hair. Bits of your fingernails. Your toenails. Little particles of you. What kind of a game are you running on me, Louise? It's no game. It's real. Real hell. All the time you were hanging around here. You were cooking and cleaning and washing and all that. You were hanging around the set waiting on me telling me I'm, I'm such a great actor, begging to cut my fingernails. 
My toenails. You were conning me. You were running some kind of a tricky, sneaky game on me. It was no game. Now, look, lady, you got your clothes on fast. You hear me? You get out of here. You want some money? No. No. I'll give you money. I'll give you money. You've earned it. But if you ever try to play any of these crazy tricks on me again, I'm going to track you down. I'm going to have you put away. Now, you get out of here. I did get out, Father Giles, but I can't remember how. The next thing I remember is running through the woods, calling for Noemi. And then I remember falling down on the ground and the blackness coming down over me. My poor Louise. Noemi found me a little later. I don't know how much later. What happened, Louise? Nothing happened, Noemi. He doesn't love me. He never did. I think you'd better take back the little toad skin bag, Noemi. Oh. It didn't work. But, but did you do everything I told you? Yes, I did. I washed my hair and perfumed my body, and I lay on his bed. But when he came home, he didn't want me. I tried to tell him about the secret doctrine, but he didn't want to listen. You told him? I tried to. After all, I don't know much about it. Only what you told me, and I didn't understand all of that. But he didn't want to hear about it. Oh, the man is a monster! Yes. He is. A monster. You poor woman. No, don't you feel sorry for me either, Father Giles. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. But don't you see? You let your desires take hold of you, Louise. You let them dictate your actions. You lost control. Oh, yes, I did that. You became blind to the realities of the matter. Yes, I did that too. I fell in love with a man when he was only a walking shadow on a screen. I hurt no one. I would never have hurt him if he hadn't come to France to make another of his foolish motion pictures. Louise, would it make you feel better, my child, if I were to tell you that you are not the first to give your heart to an unknown man who is only making his living by performing in public? I suppose that is true, Father. Does it make you feel a little better? But I don't feel badly, Father. You don't? Not about him. Not about trying to give myself to him in his telling me he didn't want me. I felt badly about it at the time. Very badly, I suppose. Of course you did. But by the time Noemi found me in the woods, I felt quite differently. Just how did you feel? Very calm. Very clear. Very... Right. Right? About what? Clear about what? About what I must do. And what was that? I kill him, of course. But you have said that it was all your own doing. That no one else should be blamed. Quite so. But I had to kill him in me. Don't you see what I mean? Uh, I'm not sure that I do. Father, he was part of me. He'd been part of me for many, many years. There was more of him in me than there was of myself. Oh, you must understand. I, I, I'm trying, Louise. I knew how wrong I'd been to love him. 
Yes, to lust after him, to have obscene thoughts about him there in the dark of the theater. I knew these were sins. They were bad sins. And now I was willing to take upon myself the last sin of all, to kill him. Don't you understand that? I, I don't believe I do. How strange. Noemi understood. You say Noemi understood? What you have just told me? Yes, Father. There, that night in the forest, I told her how I must commit this most grievous sin. How will you do it? A gun? Do you have a gun? No. Well, then that's no good. A knife? Would you get near enough to him to use a knife? Are you strong enough? No. Well, then that's no good. But he must die so that I may live. He will die. He will die tomorrow morning. How do you know? He will die of the mass of Saint Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And all the scorned women from the beginning of time must have at least looked around to see if there was a gun or a knife nearby. Sometimes there was, and the story had an unhappy ending, and a messy one. But what if those poor scorned women had known of the Mass of Saint-Césaire, a black and malevolent ritual of which you will learn more shortly when I bring you Act Three. Hi, I'm Goldilocks, Ms. Goldilocks, if you please, and I'm a professional taste tester here at my taste test laboratory, that's TTL for short, <laughs> I taste test everything from porridge to diet drinks. Actually, there's not that much taste testing in porridge these days. There used to be once upon a time. I mean, that's how this miss got into the biz. <laughs> but lately, it's been diet drinks. I mean, with so many diet drinks going sugar-free, I've been really busy conducting taste tests. A rather unbearable assignment, to be sure. But then I discovered sugar-free diet 7-Up. Fresh, natural, delicious. My only problem is that sugar-free diet 7-Up tastes so good that it broke my Goldilocks diet drink taste-a-meter. Well, sugar-free diet 7-Up certainly has my seal of approval. This one's just right. I was having dinner in Old Town Village last week, and as we were leaving, we noticed that the waterbed store was open. Well, we went in. You know, I'd never really looked at waterbeds because I always thought they were for the kids, and if I ever got on one, I'd probably get seasick. But it was different. The salesman there got us to lie down on a bed and told us why we'd sleep better on a hydro-rest waterbed system. He also took the time to tell us about frame construction, mattress durability, and the safety features incorporated into each of their systems. We got home and read the literature and decided that a hydro-rest system makes good sense. We're going to buy a waterbed from Dallas's oldest and largest waterbed company, Waterbed Systems International. They have three locations, 3323 Oaklawn, Old Town Village, and a brand new store in Town East Mall. I tried Hydro Rest. 
I was impressed. promised you further details of the mass of Saint-Césaire, that horrid leftover from the Dark Ages. And so we shall. We always keep our word. Let us pick up our story where we left off, with Louise and Noemi talking in hushed tones beneath the moon in the dark woods of Gascony. He has to die so that I can live. He will die tomorrow morning. He will die of the mass of Saint-Cécile. How can anyone die of a mass? Oh, the mass of Saint-Cécile is the mass of revenge. The peasants of Gascony have known this for centuries. I must ask Father Giles. Oh, no, you will not breathe a word of this to Father Giles. But if he would perform the mass... He wouldn't dream of it. He probably doesn't even know it. Ah, but I know a priest who knows it and who will perform it. My daughter lives with him. Come, Louise. We went to the deserted abbey where the priest lived. No one told me his name. I never asked. You are the one who orders this mass? Yes. For whom shall I say the mass? For Peter Sorel. Who will be my clerk. Oh, my daughter will be your clerk, Father. Who will bring the water for the mass? I shall bring it, Father. Do you know a place where the mass can be held? Ah, by the ruins of the church where the gypsies live, Father. I listened as though nothing they said had anything to do with me, Father Giles. I scarcely knew when they'd finished speaking. I only knew that after a while, Noemi took me by the hand and led me away. Come, Louise, come. We must get the water for the mass. Shouldn't there be wine, Noemi? For the mass of Saint-Cécile, there is no wine. There is only water. And the priest does not consecrate it. He drinks it. And it must be water from a well into which the body of an unbaptized infant has been thrown. Come now, Louise, come. Before 11 o'clock, we were at the ruined church. A dreadful place, Father, where bats lived and toads and owls. And through the darkness came the priest, Louise's daughter by his side. And he stood by the ruins of the old altar. Ever and ever for rain and live you. Men all fall on you. Redemption is shattered. Louis, what does he say? It is the mass of Saint-Cécile. I don't understand it. It is the mass for the dead. He is reciting it backwards. I watched in horrid fascination, Father. I confess that I was fascinated by it. I was like a bird watching a snake. What is he doing now, Noemi? He is making the sign of the cross. No, he's not. He's not me. He is making the sign of the cross with his left foot. His foot in the dirt. This is the mass of Saint-Cécile. I couldn't bear to look, Father Giles. I couldn't. 
and yet I couldn't bear not to look. The awful mass had started at 11, and now it was drawing to a close as the hour of midnight struck. And then the mass was suddenly over. And the priest and his clerk, Noemi's daughter, stole away into the darkness without a word to us. It is over, Louise. And Peter Sorrell has begun to die. I'm not sure I believed her, Father Giles. I wasn't capable of belief or disbelief or of any thought at all or of any feeling whatsoever. I only felt tired. So tired I doubted I could move. But I pulled myself to my feet and I said, I must go to Inuini. I must go to Peter Sorrell. And I went, Father. I went into town, to the house on the hill. And I waited there till the sun had been up for an hour. And then I went to the door and knocked. Oh, Louise. I suppose you want to see Peter. Is he here? Yes, he's here. But he's very ill. The doctor's with him. And no one knows what's the matter with him. But I knew, Father Giles, he was dying of the mass of senses here. Uh, Louise, Louise. I went to the door every hour, Father. Once, I was told that they'd sent for his doctor from the States. But if that doctor arrived, he came too late. For at ten o'clock, when I knocked at the door... Louise. He's dead, Louise. He died a few minutes ago. No one knows why or how or what it was he died of. I see. I know you were very fond of him. I was very fond. Very fond. I went home I took off my clothes and I lay down on my bed the little toad skin bag was still around my neck I took it off I kissed it I put it under the pillow and then I put my head on the pillow and went fast asleep I slept soundly with no dreams at all of any kind and when I awoke, it was noon. Such a beautiful day. And I started to come here to make my confession. On the way, I met Peter Sorrell's friend once more. He died, Louise, of nothing at all. Nothing at all? He was perfectly well. Talking of going home in the morning. Then... About midnight, he said he was tired. He thought he'd go to bed. But he could hardly climb the stairs to his room. I had to help him. He lay on the bed and closed his eyes. He said he felt as though he was slipping away. 
Wasn't that a strange thing for him to say? That he was slipping away? I murmured something that it was strange indeed. Though, of course, I knew it wasn't. He died of the mass of sins this year, Father. And now I've told you everything. And what do you expect me to do, Louise? To give me my penance, Father. I know it will be severe. I expect that. I want it to be severe. I know what a grave sin I have committed. Do you, Louise? To wish for a man's death, Father. To bring it about. What greater sin could there be? To wish for a man's death. It is a sin in thought. But it can be forgiven. And you are not the first to have committed it. Your wish did not kill him. Men do not die so easily. It was the mass of Saint-Cécile that killed him. God knows, and he alone. But you conspired in the performance of a gruesome mass, a relic from the Dark Ages. You took part in it. And what is most awful, you ordered it. And for this desecration of a holy ritual... There is no penance that would suffice. But without a penance, how can I obtain absolution? How can I obtain pardon? I cannot pardon you, Louise. I do not know a curate who can, nor nor a bishop, nor an archbishop. Father, what am I to do? My child, it is possible. I, I promise you nothing you understand. But it is possible, were you to go to Rome, if the Pope were to see fit... To Rome? To the Holy Father? Only he has the right to grant pardon for the Mass of Saint-Césaire. Sir. Sir. Can you tell me, sir... May I ask you? Yes, Signora. Can I help you? Please. Is this the Vatican? This is Vatican City, yes. Is this the square of St. Peter? Uh, yes. Straight ahead is St. Peter's Gate. Oh, I am here. You've never been here before? Oh, I have come... You see the Pope. Oh, His Holiness is quite busy, Signora. I come here to make my confession. L- let me take you to a priest. No. It must be His Holiness. No one else. Are your sins so great? My sin is so great. Yes. Well, I'm only a student here, Signora, but I'll be glad to take you to a priest. No priest can help me. No bishop. No archbishop. But a priest might be able to arrange things so that you could see His Holiness, and not right away, of course. It would take time. I have time. It has already taken me a long time just to come this far. How long has it taken you? A thousand days. A thousand... 
Where did you come from? France. A little town in Gascony. But that could take you almost three years? Oh, you must have stopped off at different places. Each night to sleep and pray. You mean you walked all the way? An old woman like you? Do I look like an old woman? I have just turned 40. Oh, forgive me, but you look much older than that. It doesn't really matter now. Uh, come, come. Let me help you to your feet. No. I shall stay on my knees until I see the Pope. I shall end my journey as I began it. Are you telling me that you have come a thousand miles on your knees? But why? It is my penance for the Mass of Saint-Cécile. A thousand miles, a thousand days, on her knees. What awful retribution we expect of ourselves. What endurance we can find within us to carry out our goal. And what is the priceless goal we seek? The goal that so obstinately eludes us after thousands upon thousands of miles and as many days. Why, I think it is nothing more and nothing less than peace of mind. I'll be back shortly. This is Jerry Coffer for Kellogg's Special K. You know, for years we've been talking about the Special K breakfast, a great way to start the day if you have a weight problem. You may have seen or heard our latest commercials, which symbolize the problem of being a few pounds overweight by using this ball and chain. That's the sound effect. But so many people have come to know the Special K breakfast that can help solve weight problems, they sometimes forget that Special K is America's favorite high-protein cereal. It has eight essential vitamins and iron, and so delicious that lots of folks, kids as well as adults, eat Special K just for the sheer good taste of it. So we don't want you to think that you have to wear a ball and chain to eat Special K. All you need is an appreciation for the finer things of life, a one-ounce bowl of Special K, four ounces of skim milk, tomato juice, coffee, and maybe a little sugar. The Special K breakfast can help you lose weight all by itself, but it really is a good start. Some research experts say you can't taste the difference between beers. Well, if they're right, then Anheuser-Busch wastes a barrel of time Beechwood aging Budweiser. Only they don't think so. Brewing beer right does make a difference. And they're betting a bundle that you can taste the difference in Bud. When it comes to brewing Budweiser, the Anheuser-Busch choice is to go all the way because they still care about quality. If the Bud people have a choice between what some experts say and what beer drinkers say, well, you'd better believe they'll go with you beer drinkers every time. When you say Budweiser, you've said it all. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis.
told you it would be a somber story, did I not? And so it was. Well, exploring the unknown is not all fun and frolic. But the unknown must be explored in the wild hope that one day it will become known. I wonder, though, when it is as familiar to us as, say, the combustion engine, will it stop being fascinating and become boring? What then will we do for fun? What will happen to this program? Merciful heavens, what will I do for a job? Our cast included Mercedes McCambridge, Mildred Clinton, Bill Johnston, Robert Dryden, and Nick Pryor. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Sinoff, the Sinus Medicines, Buick Motor Division, and Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Sneaking out of North Park National Bank on Saturday. But, officer, North Park National Bank is open on Saturday. Oh, sure, the driving tellers, maybe, but not the whole bank. Look inside. Well, I'll be. North Park National Bank is full of customers. Okay, let's get going. But, officer. Oh, nothing to worry about. I only want to meet your banker. North Park National Bank, Bodecker at Park Lane, is now open 9 to 1 every Saturday. And it's legal. What more could you want from your bank? All right, which one of you is double parked out front here now? KRLD, Dallas. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.